Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I am Tiffany with the Tip Tuesday podcast and welcome to another installment where we're talking about managing our mental and emotional health in the workplace. We are excited to have on none other than Rob Beverly with us on this show. Welcome, Rob. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Rob is the vice president of commercial for the Americas for the Cordis Corporation. He is a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. His passion is coaching and developing people. And his purpose is to provide the example for others that he never had, both in his personal and professional life. I love it. Welcome again, Rob. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Yes, there's been so much buzz generating leading up to this show. So we're going to jump right in because people are excited to see you, have you on, and hear some of the things that you have to say. So I want to start with a lot of men have chimed in. We put this on a lot of different platforms and we had a lot of comments come in and a lot of different perspectives. And we'll kind of talk about that later. But I just wanted to start off the show with... Um, asking you what are some of the <clears throat> dynamics of um, men navigating um, mental and emotional health even before entering their professional careers or even entering into that um, place where they are you know going to the workplace every day what what are some things or what are some dynamics of navigating <clears throat> it's a good question um you know I don't know that we think a lot about our mental health as men in general. I mean, it seems like that's become a more popular thing to discuss yes. as men lately, which is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's, um, it, it's important to first make sure you are in a good mental space if you plan to be successful in a workplace environment, especially in a corporate environment, right? I mean, there's certain things you just can't bring to that environment. You have to come into that environment fully mentally prepared to be successful. One of the um, one of the books I read early in my career was a book about imposter syndrome, and I don't know mm. if that, but it's it's this idea that when we get into these positions, we don't feel we deserve to be there, and you almost self sabotage because one, you don't feel like you have the capability of being there. You feel like mm. you don't deserve it, and you get in these situations, and a lot of these situations require a level of confidence, right? A, a level right. of assertiveness that it's difficult for you to navigate because mentally you're not prepared to walk into these situations. Mm. So it's, it's key. So, I mean, what, what I would say is first, recognizing that that's such an important component of it, mm -hmm. um, doing your due diligence, reading and studying how you can work on your own mental health and just find your peace in whatever way, um, you know, that happens for you. For me, I work out, I do cold immersion therapy, which is something mm. Different, but um, you know, and some people go talk to people, you know. So, however, you need to get there, focus on getting there in recognition that you can't really provide value to others until you're good with yourself. Wow, I, I love two things you just said, and that is one, um, uh, being in a good mental place yourself, even before entering into you know your professional career or the workplace and if you're not making sure you got some avenues to get there 
And then also to this point you bought out of the work that we have to do. So we had a lot of comments coming in of people um, saying what they think are some of the roadblocks. And we'll talk about that a little later. Some of the roadblocks to um, men getting wealth generating opportunities or positions. And I love this point you bought out of our part in that, which is reading, studying, uh, preparing yourself mentally and emotionally because there are some roadblocks where we can sometimes get in positions where we feel like we don't deserve it. So there's something we have to do on our part to make sure that we are as fully prepared as we can be. So that was a great point. Um, but with that, you said we can, there's some ways we can't show up in a professional space. So what does it mean or what does it look like for a man and a black man in particular to authentically show up as himself in the workspace? Yeah, listen, it is, um, you know, that's one of the main challenges, right? Cause you, you walk into these environments and, you know, I was, I was talking to one of my colleagues and, um, you know, this is a colleague I've known for a long time. And I gave him this example. I asked him, I said, well, when is the last time you've been in any environment where you were the only person that looked like you? Mm -hmm. And he thought about it. He's like, man, I don't know that I've ever been in that environment where I've been surrounded by people that didn't look like me. And I said, that's been the last almost 25 years of my professional career. And I think most people in, you know, any sort of corporate America or an executive level of any organization can attest to, you are typically one of one or one of two people right. that look at you in that environment. And so you really have two choices, right? You can assimilate and try to mimic what you see around you, mm -hmm. or you can make a decision that you are going to be authentically you and make that environment come to you in a sense. Mm. And, oh. um, you know, so, so what I mean by that is, you know me, we, we've known each other for years and years. Mm -hmm. I'm not a rah-rah person. I'm not a person who's going to laugh at jokes if I don't think they're funny. I mean, right. to the point where it can be awkward for people, yeah. but I made a decision early on, that is who I am. That is who I'm going to it. be in the work environment. So with that comes the recognition that if you're going to be different and be authentically yourself, you better be really good at what you do. And so mm. that's been my focus, right? What allows me to be authentically myself is that I'm really good at what I do. I work mm. on credit. I perfect my craft so that regardless as to what, you know, anyone takes exception to with regards to me not being, you know, similar to others, maybe in certain environments, I make up for it, but he produces, right? But he does right. this. And so I think that's an important component of it. I think anytime you make a decision that you're going to go against the norm, you also have to contrast that with, you know what? I'm going to have to dedicate myself to being so much better for me to be comfortable doing the things I want to do in the way I want to do it. And that for me has always worked. Wow. I love that. That's actually some great advice right there and is a way to be great at what you're doing, but also show up authentically as you. And even saying we were talking, uh, um, the last show with Miranda, she was saying, come into the workplace and not having to 
code switch and not having to play into scenarios that you do not think are funny or that are uncomfortable for you. And yes, I do know you. And I love how you said you made a decision. I'm not laughing at jokes just to fit into the environment. The environment is going to have to come to me. And one of the ways that we do that is one being good. And this is, so this goes to what um, I was saying in one of the videos, how do we secure or how do we remove these roadblocks to purpose fulfilling roles? Because I think you <clears throat> only show up as your best when you're able to walk out your purpose in a position. Other than that, there is some form of fabrication that at some point will reveal itself if you're not authentically showing up as you. So, you know, you actually just struck a chord with me right there. This is another reason I advocate for walking and, and listen, you may get a position job may start off in business you may not just be doing 100 of your purpose but who you are has to inherently come out in whatever role that you're playing and if you know who that is you can say on that on that position i'm not compromising so i know that i have to be 10 times better than whoever is coming up through here because on the purpose part i'm not bending so that's i like i love what you're saying um well, so, the purpose the purpose piece is key I'll, I'll just say this. Um, I think first you have to figure out, do you know what your purpose is, right? Exactly. I mean, you can't make discerning decisions until you know what your purpose exactly. is, right? And I, I'll say for myself, you know, growing up, and I grew up in the church, and um, I had several people prophesy to me on multiple occasions pretty much the same prophecy. And they all said the same thing. It was always, well, listen, you, you're going to lead all of these people, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's always about leadership and, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I immediately thought that meant that, you know, someone was calling me to go into the ministry. And that mm. to me was the furthest, furthest thing, <laughs> thing I wanted to ever do, right? Uh -huh. Those are things I ran from. And, you know, I never tried to cultivate any sort of leadership skills because I wanted no part of that. Mm -hmm. Once I got involved in what I'm doing now, then just some of the, I think, reactions that people had to, whether it's opportunities that I've helped them with or development, um, you know, that I've helped them through, mm -hmm. the way they responded to that, it became pretty clear that that was more so my purpose, right? So still the leading piece of it but not within the ministry, but with these giving people opportunities, coaching, developing people, you know, that sort of thing. And once I understood that, it became really easy to know I'm walking in my purpose here, right? Right. So exactly. A lot of these, a lot of these self-doubt, you know, and these these things that you, you know, do to self-sabotage yourself, you don't allow that to happen when you're confident that you're walking in your purpose, right? Absolutely. So it's, Absolutely. it's different. Absolutely. And I love what you just said. That's such an example of when we have, when someone has spoken into our lives or something has ignited in us and we know that we're supposed to fulfill a certain role, but we try to put that role into a box. So because you got this spoken over your life in church or in ministry, you just assume that it was meant to be for church or ministry because a lot in our community growing up, when we heard of leadership, 
we just really thought maybe church or ministry, but being a, but not thinking a leader in the marketplace, because I don't really know how many leaders did you know in the marketplace when you were growing up in business, in major corporations. And so it may be the furthest thing from your mind when someone tells you you're a leader, but I love what we're doing now in this era. And even on this platform, letting people know there is a leadership in you and it could show up in different areas. It could show up in ministry. It could show up simply in your home. It could show up in your own business and it can show up in a major corporation like it's doing with you. And I do, and I can attest to that. Not, not only um, you're like a leader of leaders. So not only in um, business, but within the tribe, within the community, you really have been a voice for um, black men and not a theoretical voice, but more of a practical voice from coming from one place and traveling down a road that got you to a totally different place and not something that happened overnight, but someone who actually gritted it out and went through the process. So this is why we're so glad to have you on here because we've seen the fruit of your life and then also the fruits of your um, purpose in other people's lives. And we're going to talk about that more too, because you have an awesome journey. And, but so along this journey and from where you came from and where you are now, particularly with men, how important is mentorship? Because I know there are some rough areas that had to be kind of smoothed out with you and some things you had to learn to well, think through and, and still being smoothed out, but definitely have started that journey definitely have came a long way from where you started. And I've seen the growth in the processing of what you want, what it takes to get there and then how to discipline. You mentioned earlier that uh, working out is one of the things that you do to keep emotional and mental health. And I think that people who do work out and who are committed to it are very disciplined. So Talk about that, just becoming disciplined and because it's a humbling process. And how did you receive that mentorship? Because now you give out that mentorship. Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the things I recognized early was that, you know, growing up, I just think about, so what were my wildest dreams and what examples did I see growing up that I could pattern, you know, my career after, my life after, et cetera. And I feel like I had good examples in life, but not necessarily good examples like professionally, right? Like I never, I didn't know anyone who looked like me who had accomplished anything close to what I had accomplished. Mm -hmm. So when I look back to even high school, like I remember my most wildest dream was to have a Chevy Beretta, <laughs> one bedroom apartment in this apartment complex that was two blocks away from the house we lived in like mm -hmm. that really was making it for me because that's that's all I've seen right and so you know when you talk about mentorship first I kind of started at the end and say I mentor because I want to be this example for somebody where they say this is somebody who looks like me someone who comes from where I come from who thinks the way I think who's been able to accomplish some things and show me that there is an opportunity to do some things that maybe I didn't even know were possible. Now, for me, when people ask me, you know, the keys to sort of my success, I always speak to mentorship as a real important piece of it for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. 
I was able to find mentors really early in my career who weren't the typical mentors. It was kind of like you meet with someone, you have a conversation. These were the people that told me the truth, told mm. me the things that no one else would tell me. Like some of the feedback I got, you know, early on, you have to have a level of courage to tell people certain things because you, you understand that with sharing those things, you know, they could feel a way about it. And, you know, that relationship can go left. So you have to have true, genuine mentors. And I was fortunate to have that. And uh, that to me is one of the absolute keys to success. Now, having a mentor is one piece of it. The other piece of it is, do you have the humility to go out and seek multiple mentors? And what that looks like for me is, man, I have always been a person. If I see someone doing something that I don't know how to do or having accomplished something that I want to accomplish, I am humble and going to them and saying, hey, can you help me? Can you show me how you did that? Talk to me about what that looks like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a barrier that I think we still have to some extent. And I think that, um, you know, my perspective is always I'm open to those things and I'm open to continuing to find mentors, but you, you got to always do your part, right? You got to seek yes. out opportunity to be mentored if that's something that's important to you. Absolutely. And I think that one thing we have to um, get over. And I say this all the time. I've said this on the platform all the time, because this is one thing that tip Tuesday is so passionate about. We should not reinvent the wheel. There are so it, within our culture, I find that so prevalent because we want to say, well, I'll do it my way. And you know, you did it that way, but I'll do it this way. And my way will work. And it's not that it's not multiple ways to skin a cat, but there's just some things we should not waste time on it. If there's a proven way, we need to do it this way, because you need to go into the niches or the specifics of your purpose groundwork that's already laid. We know that in other tribes, they help each other with all the information they get that that they feel like you should not be spending time on again. This is just tried, true, and proven. Do this and then go ahead into what you need to go ahead into. Um, I believe that's what the what mentorship serves. And that's where humility comes in to say, listen, there are some things I can't do and I need to get guidance in it. But also there are some things I probably can do and I could spend two years doing them or I can get mentorship and I can find out how to do them faster, further so that I can get on down the line with what's specifically for me. So humility is a, a very important part of mentorship as well as like you said, courage because mentors have to recognize and I'm sure you can speak to this as a mentor. I'm not your friend in that I'm going to you know, sugar, you, you have, I have to have courage enough to tell you the truth. Listen, you're kind of immature in this area and you're not going to make it as far as you, as far as you want to, if you don't begin to grow up and get some thick skin in this area, you know, sometimes we try to pacify those that we're mentoring and say, oh, they were wrong. Oh, I can't, I can't believe they did that. And sometimes people are wrong, but can we tell someone you kind of just need to 
grow up because <laughs> you know you know in, in this area you, you're just going to need to grow up because this is the way of the world and you're not going to always be treated fairly and you need to know how to navigate in circumstances and speak well and articulate how you feel about a situation instead of being immature and pouting or either causing a temper tantrum and that's one of the things I really think mentorship is for um, or helps us with you know even in our professional life it's so such I'm, a good Go ahead. So, I'll give you I'll give you two examples of that, right? So one, I think we all have blind spots, right? I Absolutely. Mean, you, we all do. Um, and I think you need someone who is going to call you out on yes. your blind spots. Yes. Just those blind spots. And then you have an opportunity to decide what you want to do with that information, right? Do you want to fight it or do you want to recognize it, whether you agree with it or not? This is how people are seeing you make a change, mm. right? So that's the one thing. Second, second example was early on, I remember exactly what you described, a guy who I saw who would accomplish things. And at the time, he was just a regional director, right? But I got passed on for a role. I went for a promotion. I didn't get it, right? Mm -hmm. And this guy was a regional director. I went to him at the time, and I remember having a conversation with him. And it was simple as, you know, help me. Help me figure out how to get where you are, you know. And, and here's, here's the one thing he told me, that I've stolen and I use this as a part of, you know, how I coach and develop people now. But he said, you need to focus on PI. It's an acronym. And he said, PI is performance, image, and exposure. And he said, the responsibility of each of those facets differs, right? So with performance, that's 100% you. So you right. walk into a role, you own your performance. You have to master that role. You do that then you earn the right to start to create your image or your brand within the organization. Mm -hmm. Once you perform, now your brand or your image, that's 70% you, but it's also 30% your manager because now your manager is the person who is, as we just talked about, helping you understand those blind spots. They're selling you throughout the organization, which transitions to the third piece, that exposure, right? Once mm -hmm. you developed your brand because you've performed, now it's on your manager. And this is where mentors are important. That mentor should get you the exposure you need within that organization to help you get promoted. Because those decisions, now that I'm in those behind the closed doors conversations, all those decisions happen in those rooms. And you need somebody in the room advocating for you. So he told me that, I don't know, 15 years ago, probably almost 20 years ago. And that's something I've kept, I've thought about, I've talked to others about, and I've, I've stolen that, right? Yeah. Because as an early, you know, person trying to develop and grow, I found this mentor who gave me something that I, I consider invaluable. And as a leadership coach myself, I'm going to say that's million dollar advice he just gave. And if you're listening, I hope that you have a pencil and a pad and you wrote that down. If not, I hope you rewind it after the live show plays and you write that down, that right there. That's a process to think through, through, to work through, to build a plan for it. That right there will keep you busy. And like I said, that's a million dollar advice right there. Oh, here, right here on this Tip Tuesday <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, so we were talking, I, I threw um, a discussion question out and I asked our audience, what are some of the roadblocks or hindrances or odds they believe to um, men, Black men, securing wealth generating opportunities 
high salary positions, and most of all, purpose-fulfilling roles. I'm going to put pose this question to you because I know you're someone who has been on both sides of the fence where you were pursuing wealth generating opportunities or like you said, going up for promotions, encountered roadblocks, um, had to overcome them. But you're also the vice president of this major corporation where you make hiring decisions for multiple teams. You've done so throughout your career. And um, you've mentored and developed leaders. And so you see the other side, you can look, you can see the roadblocks you hit. And then from the other side, you see the roadblocks that other people who look like us or look like you hit. And you kind of want to say, man, like you're never going to get in this top earning role if you keep doing this my brother or you're thinking this in your head so tell us from both sides for that brother that is so he can see it from the side that you were once on when pursuing it and the side of you as someone who looks like him who holds the power to decide who comes through yeah that's that's listen that's a really really good question let me um let me first approach it from sitting on the other side of the table right okay. where I was trying to get these opportunities um, I think that th there are a couple of things that you have to recognize, right? What you are in fact doing when you're sitting on that other side of the table, in fact, the only thing you are doing is you are trying to inspire confidence in the person sitting across from you that they can trust you with that opportunity. And, wow. and to make it more simple, can you make them look good? Can you make sure good. that when that hiring decision is made, they look good as a mm. result of that, right? Mm -hmm. so, what, so what does that look like, right? Number one, what I would say is you have to think through, and these are all, these are terms, you know, people may or may not be familiar with, but I think they're really, really important. Okay. If you haven't read anything on emotional intelligence, that's one of the most valuable things you can dig into is understanding emotional intelligence absolutely and self-awareness right mm -hmm. you know one of the interview questions i always ask is i always say you know what's the last thing someone has coached you on or what are you actively working on right what are your areas of opportunity and most people will try to turn that into you know turn a weakness into a strength and all that you know that's it's silly yeah you need to be intimately aware of where you need to improve, right? Mm. That's the that self-awareness piece of it. Like if you were to ask me right now, where am I looking to improve? I can give you a dozen areas off the top of my head where I suck that I need to get. <laughs> You've got to start thinking like that because the more you can think like that, the more you can convince someone that they can trust that you can problem solve. You can be self-motivated to fix these things and thereby make them look good because that is the end game in all Absolutely. of this. I would say sitting on this side of the table, I, I, I have the luxury now of making really sophisticated hiring decisions, right? Because now I can think through, you know, exactly what my shirt says. Are we a diversified organization? Have we been intentional with seeking diversity? So I want to hire diverse people, right? Mm -hmm. What I want to know is that person, again, 
will, at the end of this, make me look good, right? right. It's really all it's about. And you do that from, one, demonstrating your competency. So that's your resume and your experience. How you present yourself, that self-awareness, that emotional intelligence piece of it. But then also coming to the table with what we talked about earlier. You're coming to the table as a person who doesn't have this imposter syndrome. A person ready to compete, who's ready to excel in that environment. You have to focus on presenting that way. Absolutely. That's really in my mind how you how you secure that initial opportunity. Now, once you get that opportunity, I mean that's a whole nother ball game, right? But yeah. your, your your initial objective is to get someone to believe mm, you will on. make them look good. Come on. That's it. Come on. I, I'm telling you. And again, as a business and leadership coach, that is million dollar advice he just gave. Get your pen, get your pad, write it down, work through that. Um, several things that you've said. One we love the shirt that Rob has on. It says for our podcast audience on Apple, Spotify, Google, and iHeart, it says invest in women, pay women, hire women. Hey. <laughs> so I live, we love I live in the house with five women. So it's you live in the house with five women. And this brother is standing tall. Do y'all hear me? <laughs> So we love the shirt. Love what you said about emotional intelligence. Actually, we did a show on emotional and relational intelligence. I'm, I believe we opened up. It was either our first or second podcast in this season. So go back, watch that show, and just even get more books on emotional intelligence, self-awareness. Love what you said about that. But what about you are trying to show someone that you will make them look good? It's really, when it boils down to it, like, will I look like a fool for hiring you? And sometimes people can look right off and say, no way, <laughs> no way. They are going to act a complete fool because you're acting a complete fool in the initial interview. So I love um, what you said about that and how it keeps us out of. So that goes for anything, high generating opportunities, high paying um, salary positions and purpose fulfilling roles. I, I cannot stress enough, authentically showing up as yourself, knowing who you are, um, intimately knowing yourself enough so that you can show up as who you are so you can secure that purpose fulfilling role. So Talking about the five women you stay in the home with, can you tell us um, a little about the um, load you carry as a man who strives to achieve successful balance personally, as a husband, a family man, a career man, and a friend? Um, you hold a lot of hats, and we know that you have a very high demanding job, but you also have a high demanding um, purpose. Personally, you're a husband, you um, are a father, you are a mentor, um, you are a brother, you are a frat brother, and um, you are a friend. So talk about balancing that and succeeding and navigating in all those areas of life. You know, listen, if, if um, if I'm being honest, I don't know that I have found that balance, maybe not in the way that I would like to have found that balance. Mm. I would tell you that I am a very good husband. I am a <laughs> good father. 
I'm a very good vice president. I'm not a very good friend. <laughs> I'm not a very good frat brother. And, um, you know, it's like, it, again, just full transparency. You can't do it all. Like something True. has to give. Mm -hmm. And for me, I have had to prioritize the things that I can't fail at, right? I can't mm -hmm. fail in my marriage. I can't fail yeah. as a father. And I can't yeah. fail in my job, right? Some yeah. of these other things right now, what I hope is to surround myself with friends that understand the demands of my life and they allow me to do these things, even if it means me not showing up sometimes, you know, and I'll give you an example of it. I am literally engaged with people from 6 a.m. until 6, 7 a.m. I'm traveling sometimes. I'm out of the country. My job is all consuming. So when I'm not working, I'm 100 percent into my family, which means you may call me. The likelihood of me calling you back is slim to none. Like if you don't leave me a voicemail and say exactly what you want, mm -hmm. I'm probably not calling you back. It's not because I don't love you. It's because I don't have the energy for wow. anything more than what oh I'm God. doing right now. Mm. So I think that, you know, when you talk about that load, I think the people who get overwhelmed and drive themselves crazy, they don't concede the fact that they just can't do it all. Something has to get you Absolutely. have to prioritize the things that you can't fail at and be really great at those things and hope you surround yourself with people that love you enough to understand the things you just can't be great at right now. And that's, that's, that's been my philosophy. And that's some wisdom right there. I, I actually, I love, I love that wife and those kids being prioritized and you cannot, y'all heard him. He said, I can't fail at my marriage and in my marriage and in his job, which is how he provides and with his ch children. So I love that. But I love this piece you bought in about surrounding yourself with people who not understand. I think it goes a step further. It's not just understanding. There has to be a respect there for how you have chosen to prioritize your life, even if it's not the priority of others who are around you, but the respect is there enough to say, hey, maybe I will prioritize different and maybe I do prioritize different, but I respect how you have prioritized your life. And therefore it leads to an understanding that I probably wouldn't naturally have, but the respect precedes it. And so then the understanding follows it and you've surrounded yourself um, with people who understand. And I think that's great for men to know. I think saying and being transparent to say, hey, I don't balance everything well because there are priorities in my life and these are my priorities. And, you know, hopefully I'm surrounded by people who understand that. And I just want to come on and say, I definitely think that you are even wise in who you've surrounded yourself by. You're, I, I know you to be successful in your relationships. I think you're hard on yourself. Um, I, I think that you measure yourself by a really high standard. And so you use that same standard when it comes to friends and frat brothers. And so if you think you're not meeting that bar like you do with work and your family and stuff, you may think you're less successful. But no, there's a different measuring bar. And so with the measuring but you, bar- but you, but you also know me to be around the same handful of people <laughs> for 20 plus years and no one knew in her in that circle. And it's because I 
need people close to me to respect the fact that I have to move a little bit differently, right? True. And, that, and that's just what it is, right? I have to move a little bit differently for me to sustain all this other stuff going on. And so, you, you, I mean, it's just, there are, I mean, I've fallen out with, with, with friends because you always get to a point where, you know, what they want from you is not what Absolutely. you Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. So anyway, that it, it's been important to me. Yeah. And, 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 um, I, I can say you, you, you show up as that it, it, now you may not get in his presence much, but if you get in his presence, you're going to be protected at all. <laughs> he is a protector of protectors. So I'm just gonna, we're going to get ready and get out of here. I'm going to ask one last question. And that is how can we as a tribe support each other? particularly our men, and you've touched on it um, somewhat already, but particularly our men in navigating those careers in their lives and their mental stability. And I know you touched on how prioritizing and earlier you said, you know, mentally it's working out, but how can we as a tribe help to support that? I think that's really important too, because sometimes People are in a place where they can't figure it out on their own. And if we're more aware of even those around us, kind of like you were saying, your circle is aware of who you are. And so the way we show up or they show up in your life is supportive to you. So how can we as a tribe be more supportive to men who are trying to successfully navigate through these different roles? Yeah, I think, um, you know, so one, I would say to you providing platforms and venues like this, what it does is it it um it, it removes some of the taboo to these discussions, right? I think that's a big part of it. I think what happens when you have more venues like this and you feel safe and comfortable. I mean, a great example, just last weekend, um, you know, a brother who's probably watching this and his wife came by the house. And man, the level of conversation we had around things that, you know, I probably haven't talked to people about in years and things that he shared just to know that there is such a common experience mm. and we all deal with things. We all struggle with things, but you know what? There's probably someone close to you who's dealing with something similar. So just openness to have those conversations where we just get in a space where we say, you need to talk to somebody, you know, you need to share these things with somebody, right? So just accepting that, I think, is a big thing. I, I will tell you, I was I was probably pretty um, late to adopt social media, but since I've been on social media, I've seen a ton of value in it. For me, um, I'm intentional with what I post, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that the reason why I post what I post is because I have found that certain things inspire people, right? Certain things provide examples for people. And the messages I get, I mean, that's, I don't ever post anything for, you know, any sort of, um, you know, affirmation. I'm not, right. I, mean, I don't care about that. But when someone tells you, you inspire them, mm -hmm. I mean, that just, that means everything. And so when you ask about how we can support each other, I do the same. Like when I see something, man, I can't tell you how happy it makes my heart to see people being successful, 
doing things, accomplishing things, traveling the world, raising their families. And I try to, it may not be in a comment, but I try to direct message somebody and say, man, so proud of you. Love you doing that. Those things are so important in the way that we go about supporting each other. You just never know what that means to someone, you know, just to, just to extend that word, you know, man, I see you, you know, great. Mm. Yeah. Just, just that in knowing, like I'm from, I'm, I'm always this person that says, I'm from where you from. How can you hate on me? Right. Mm, I like Stay that. <laughs> you know? So it's like whenever I, like I see that. someone who says, you know, man, that really inspired me. It lets me know I'm doing the right thing. Right. Love it. I just think that's a big part of it. Love it. I love it. I'll take that advice for myself. And thank you so much. And we hope that's what we're doing here um, on the Tip Tuesday podcast. It's just letting you know, we see you brothers. We see you sisters. We see you families. We want to keep inspiring, encouraged, and motivated. Rob, I thank you so much. You are a blessing. You've been a blessing to this podcast. You have been a blessing to the tribe. I know there is more in store for you and you um, you don't hold back when, you know, I know you're, you're rather reserved, but if you even sense someone needs your help, you're right there. And so that's why we have you on the podcast you, today. You know, I wouldn't have done this for anybody, but you, <laughs> you know that. You know that. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy to support you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I was dreading you asking me to do this, <laughs> but I, you know, I have to support you when you ask. Thank you. I appreciate you. No better person to come on the success I've seen in you over the last 20 plus years. It's amazing. Actually, we're going to have you back on because we didn't even touch the tip of the iceberg when it comes to your journey, but we're going to have you back on at some point. So get ready. Don't think this is your last um, go around. In fact, I just kind of hear my spirit even um, just a co-hosting segment. Maybe one show you can co-host with me and we could do something. So <laughs> don't ask on air. All right. It's been great Tip Tuesday, family. We are wrapping up. We are out of here. And Rob Beverly has closed out our series on navigating the workplace and our mental health. He has stood for the Kings today. Great job. We love you all. We'll see you next time on the Tip Tuesday podcast. Peace and blessings.